I'm Susan Caruso, founding director of Sunflower Creative Arts. You're listening to the Sunflower Bridge podcast, where we talk about being with children. And I'm Lindsay Mills, co-creator and director of Sunflower Bridge. Take a breath and smile with us. Mm. Hello. Hi. (laughs) Thanks for being here with us. Today we want to talk about trust as one of those real foundational things that has to happen from the beginning. In relationship with children and the other adults in your life. Right, yeah. It's something that is established very early or cannot be established. And it's one of the most important things for a mutually nurturing relationship because it is about you being able to trust as an adult, Mm -hmm. to be able to trust your child, and the child being able to trust you. And so, and earn your trust. It's not something that, you know, you're not going to trust your two-year-old to cross the street. So there's all of these steps along the way, but it really gets established when they're very, very young in those very early years. You know, when when, uh, a baby's needs are met, that's when that trust, that give and take of trust goes back and forth and the baby learns that yes I'm going to have my needs met I'm going to be listened to and the parent gets gets to feel more capable in themselves too and can trust their own gut instincts of what to do for this baby so it it is this huge trust relationship that is being nurtured from a very early age yeah we might even overlook the give and take part of it since the baby in that scenario is the one most obviously in need of uh, trusted adults to survive. Absolutely. It is a, a survival issue in the case of that baby. But I would also argue that a new parent is in a bit of survival mode too. And doing something that you've never done before can really bring up a lot of those uh, trust issues that you may have from your own experience. Yes. Good point, Lindsay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So when I was really young, and this this really speaks to the difference in, in the generations. You know, when I was five years old, I walked to kindergarten by myself. You did. I did. And it was, and I had to walk. It was, it could have very well been a mile. And I walked, it was a, it was a small town in New Jersey, a small college town though. I had to walk, you know, down and I knew the path. So my mother must've taken me once and I walked across railroad tracks onto a college campus, onto a college campus, all the way into the middle of that college campus to the little lab school, the campus school that, that I went to. And I did that in rain or snow or anything and walked home afterwards. I never had any rides. 
and I was the oldest of four children. Mm. All four children weren't born yet, but my mother had a, a little preemie at home. And so I needed to do that. And I'll tell you, I think that that's at the stage for me being able to do a lot of hard things mm. because not only did, you know, I must have gotten taught and then I did it. So that built that trust in myself. My parents trusted me to get there and back safely, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so I, I think that that really built confidence and trust within myself and my capabilities of doing something mm. like that at a really early age. Yeah. And I've been shocked to go back because I, I, I took Martin there and I walk, I, we drove along. We didn't walk. We drove along. I said, this is how I did it. And I walked there and the baseball what fields are over there. And yeah. Wow. That's, that's five, a five and six year old. Yes. So, so would anybody let their five or six year old do that now? Walk a mile over railroad tracks onto a college campus? I know that was not on the menu for me. <laughs> um, and I can really see the contrast between that experience of childhood and uh, the one that I had, which was. I think somewhat sheltered. Um, I did uh, come from this um, divorced home, and so I would split the week between two houses, my mom's house and my dad's house. And um, my mom's house, I was solitary play uh, in the yard. You know, there were there were more boundaries about where I could and couldn't go by myself. Mm-hmm. But at my dad's, we lived in a townhome development, and there was a big loop. And so by the time I was seven or eight years old, I had made a few little girlfriends in the neighborhood, and we would ride our bikes or rollerblade around the entire neighborhood. Mm. And I remember experiencing that as pure freedom. It was so important to my sense of identity. Mm. I relate to your experience of walking all that way. It, it gives you some confidence that you are capable and that, uh, you can be without your grownups and still be okay. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think the thing that's coming up now is that that's also trust in the world. Mm-hmm. You're also instilling in children that the world is a friendly place. And that's really the truth, even though we can, in our neurotic selves, always project the worst possible case. Yes. You know, um, but the world is, a, is even, even in the worst of, of, of things, it's, it is most like, mostly a, a much safer place now than... Than it was years ago. Wow, yeah. You know? Um, but, you know, it, it kind of re- reminds me of, of a story of Stephen. You know, so how do, we, how do we develop this trust? How do we let these little people be, you know, have those opportunities like you did? I think that parents now, it's much harder to, to find those opportunities. It's not easy. Um, all of the things that we've been through all of the scary things. And, um, so it's, it's harder to do. But when, when my youngest was two years old, we went to a huge 4th of July event 
And I, you know, set the limits. I said, we're going to be on this blanket. There's lots of people here. So I need you to stay here. Here's your popcorn. And daddy's up on the stage in the band. And there's going to be fireworks. It's going to be so much fun. And my youngest had been really, he was two. So he was feeling his oats and (laughs) walking off and doing things on his own, his autonomy, which he really needed. And, um... So I turn around and I see him taking off, you know, trucking on as if he owns the place. <laughs> and I said, doggone it. I am going to let him do that. And in my mind, I thought I was going to prove to him that he couldn't do it. So I was even in my body and everything. I'm projecting he's not going to make, you know, what? who does he think he is? Where does he think he's going? Mm-hmm. That little guy walked all the way in a very large loop around the outside circle of this huge field where everybody was gathered for this concert and fireworks. And he passed dogs. He stopped and looked at other people. People said hello to him. Hi there, little guy. I'm walking a distance behind. So he didn't see me. He didn't turn around once. He walked all the way around the whole thing. Oh, my God. And he ended up. Back on the blanket without looking at me one time, not even nothing. He was fully capable of doing that. You know, I, I didn't feel like he could do that. I didn't, I didn't feel, I don't think anybody that's listening to this would let a two year old do that. And I was following behind him, but he was showing me who he was Mm. that, you know, here I am. I am not afraid. I know where I'm going. And that boy has always created his own path. And he was telling me at a really early age. So I had to really work on myself, take lots of deep breaths and and build that trust. I had to work on it more in myself to to see his capability and um and and be there for when anything might happen for right. both both of my kids, but not be in the way and really recognize who they were and Allow them to know that I was there for them, but I wasn't going to get in the way. It's really hard. I am always struck by your ability to do that, Susan. (laughs) I think that you describe it as being really hard because that's how I think everybody listening experiences it. It's so hard to have self-control and to recognize that oh, I'm having a reaction right now, and then managing your the reaction. That is the work of a lifetime, right? To, to identify when you get triggered and figure out, what else can I do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you have just made it this practice over the at least the length of time that you have been a parent and a grandparent and a mentor to uh-huh. and parents mama and to children. thousands of right. sunflower <laughs> babies and seedlings and everything. It, it's just over and over again, naming that, yeah, I really wanted to jump in and do X, Y, Z, but I didn't. I took a breath. I took a breath. I took a breath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I watched my child. I let my child show me what to do. Mm -hmm. That feels like such a big part of the the trust conversation. Mm. Yeah. And you end up being or trying to be, I think I tried to be the Mm -hmm. parent that I needed. Oh, that's beautiful. (laughs) Yes. And to really see children 
and to really trust children or allow that trust to develop with their capabilities and with you teaching them every step of the way. It doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. It is a long-term project for both of you, mm-hmm. and it's messy, and uh, it's, it can be very frustrating and scary um, for, uh, you know, for children to go off like that as a two-year-old. And I have probably half a dozen more stories yes, <laughs> about him testing. You. Yeah. Testing. Well, testing himself. I think that he always knew that I was there and, and when our children fail, when our children get into trouble, we do need to be there for mm-hmm. them. And we, and that's, that's that trust. They're going to trust you know, because that's that's what you've done consistently, not just every once in a while, but consistently. You know, um, let them try to do something that they really want to do, and trust that they can do it, and project that capability. Mm-hmm. And but you're there, you're there for them. Um, and I think it's so much harder now than it was when my kids were were little. Yeah, I think it uh, may have something to do with the amount of. Uh, pressure from external sources to uh, to have some kind of control right. to to be able to manage your children or their lives in and keep them quote unquote safe. I think safety has become uh, a bit of a, a a word that is used to incite fear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we live in such a different such a different world now that that outside children do get lots of lots of scary messages, mm-hmm. and um, so it's up to us to to uh, point out the beauty of the world, and for them to uh, for us to understand where they are developmentally that they need to be who they are. There's no we don't have any control over that. Yes, so we need to be there to support that understand them and and build that trust so that they can trust themselves mm-hmm. well, we invite you to think about how you're practicing trust and um, building that foundation of trust in not only your relationship with your children but with all of your relationships thank you for joining us if you'd like to connect more with us, you can send us an email at lindsay at sunflowercreativearts.org or on Instagram at sunflowercreativearts. The Sunflower Bridge podcast is kindly sponsored by Schweitzer Musical Productions.